on the Aggie Sports Network. From Learfield IMG College, this is the Aggie Coaches Show with Coach Gary Anderson. Brought to you by America First Credit Union. Financial solutions for every need. Bryant Heating and Cooling. Whatever it takes. SC Needham Jewelers. Where Utah gets engaged. And by Wingers. They're freaking amazing. Here's the voice of the Aggies, Scott Gerard. Hey, welcome in. It's another edition of the USU Coaches Show with Gary Anderson as we get you ready for a busy week of Aggie football. Hitting the road to Death Valley to take on LSU. We'll talk about that game here momentarily, but we got a game to recap, and we are live here at Wingers. We'd love for you to come by and hang out with us and check out some of the great uh, food specials as well as... Uh, also ask coach question coming up a little bit later on we'll have the open mic and you can uh, ask coach whatever you would like and I've got I've already had about three or four people that have come up to me and they've got questions they're like I don't want to ask coach but can you ask so I've got already got a few in the pipeline they want to ask you about so uh, but first off congratulations another hard-fought victory it was nasty it was rainy it was ugly out there and your guys find a way to get it done yeah you said it best that's exactly what it was it was uh crazy game we, you know, we knew going in there was potentially going to be a weather delay and everything else and uh I, I just thought the kids handled all of those things so well um they they prepare um they've done the exact same thing this week and they just they lock themselves in and they get ready to go play a game but it was uh you know it was a game where there was so many plays that could go back and forth and uh you know, we, we made enough plays to be able to win, and there was a lot of just uh, fantastic efforts that, you know, were, were a little bit different. And you look and see that the tremendous plays that were made that obviously we're going to talk about, but, you know, some of those plays that we forget that we don't talk about is, you know, Jordan, it was hard to throw the ball. So yeah. he pulled and made some great runs. He pulled the ball a few times, made some fantastic uh, plays and got the chains moving for us, and I thought the defense played well. Um, for most of the evening, so it was uh, it was a great victory against another team who we know they're high powered offense coming in. The offenses were obviously a little bit neutralized with the weather, and uh, you know our kids battled and found a way to make enough plays. You had some uh, players for Colorado State that was giving you fits there in the first half, including especially their receiver, and he gets shut out in the second half. And I don't know if there was a lot of adjustments made, or your guys just came and. Uh, and, and balled out there in the second half. Well, you know, there, there was a couple adjustments, and they were taking advantage of a uh, little bit of the zone defenses. And I thought, again, the kids took the coaching, uh, made a couple tweaks to it, and just uh, you know played some leverage of different ways and were able to uh, to adjust it and, and take him out a little bit at that time. And then the, he caught another big ball in the second half, but uh, awesome play. You know, Cam gets the ball out, never yeah. quits, keep on grinding and fighting, and Dalton picks up the fumble. That was a huge play in that football game. And so there was uh, – you know, I, I thought, again, that, that was a high-powered offense. You look at their numbers and you see what they've done all year long, and they've ran the ball very well. Um, they've thrown the ball very well with both of the quarterbacks, and, um, you know, that back is that back's a real guy. He's a really, really good football player, and, you know, we were uh, uh, able to neutralize him for the most part and, and, again, made enough plays to get it done. I want to go back to the beginning of the game. There was about a 30-minute delay. How much does that impact you? Uh, you know, because guys are such a – they're so routine based that you go out on the field and then you get ready to go and then you're and then you're out there playing the game. How much does that uh, mess with your minds? Well, we are very much routine based, but we always try to strive. Nothing's going to phase us. You yeah. know, I tell the kids all the time, hey, if all of a sudden, you know, the bus takes the corner too far, too fast and rolls over, we're going to crawl out the windows and go jog in the stadium and play the game. So <laughs> it's just you have to do what you're going to what you need to do to get ready to play. But it, there's just there's no special real way to you know get in, get into your moment, understand who you are. But the kids have to adjust sometimes. 
and uh, just as they have to adjust in, in football games, they have to adjust sometimes when they it may be a pregame meal you got to adjust to it, maybe a bus ride you have to adjust to, maybe traffic, who knows? We try to keep them in a in a nice mojo, if you will, rolling through the times, but sometimes it uh, flips upside down, and they were prepared for it. They handled it well. They sat in the locker room, kept warmed up. You know, the quarterbacks went in through the ball in the weight room. Uh, Carl State had the indoor facility, which was uh, they, they had what they needed to get themselves ready, so it was fine. It was What was weird was walking out and actually warming up for a game, and there wasn't one fan in the stadium. Yeah, yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that was the crazy part, too, of our kids. They, they got juiced up and were ready to go, and then we got another lightning today, delay, so we had to go back in and then sit there for another half hour and then warm up for five minutes and play you know and by the way a lot of the people that were there at that game are also here at wingers but cannot thank them enough there's no doubt because that's that's not an easy game to sit no, through that was a unbelievable crowd and you know enthusiastic uh, key moments they were extremely loud you got a couple jumps from them as far as in the crowd was a big part of that and um, to see those people there in that setting in that situation and you know all of us absolutely are, are grateful that they were there and wanted to be part of that great football game but we, uh, this the it's an amazing place to play a football game and you know the uh, the additions with the scoreboards and the speakers and obviously the press boxes just put that stadium into such a special place but it's nothing if the fans aren't there and they were absolutely amazing and I've said it many many times but I haven't said it enough we just we really thank the people that came out for that football game we're going to chat with Jay, or Gerald Bride and Savon Scarver coming up a bit and can't think of two guys that are I mean, well, there were a lot of players that certainly deserved an opportunity to chat about this game, but those two players, those young men, really balled out for you. Absolutely. Um, you know, you look what Savon has had so limited opportunities, and he's special, special at what he does. But that doesn't overstate what he does as a wide receiver either. His growth as a wide receiver has been very, very noticeable um, on the field, on the practice field, uh, on the game day. Uh, he makes plays when he gets the opportunity, but he has a special, special knack that you cannot coach for a kickoff return. He just gets it. He understands it. Coach Collins gives him you know, the green light, and then Savon doesn't make selfish decisions with that green light. If it's there, he believes it's there, he's going to take it, and he has 10 other guys that truly believe that if they just get a little bit of their block, there's a great opportunity that Savon's going to do something special with that, and he's done that. G. Bright, um, you know, when you we, we talk about this all the time, and, and we had this conversation with G when we first got here, was we need to make sure we have more than one back. Our goal is to have two and even three backs that we can go to and roll through. And whenever we've had a chance to be successful on offense, that's been the case. And, you know, in those first few games, those kids are grinding out the carries and they're banging away through it. And there's opportunities for Jalen. Jalen has some big plays. G has some big plays. You know, but it goes back and forth. Well, all of a sudden, one of them's not there, and there's G. Bright. And 36 carries, 179 yards, 15 yards is his longest carry. That is a tough, tough grinder work day for a running back. And, you know, he had a lot of help. The offensive line was great. Um, Jordan loosened him up with his feet a little bit. The tight ends were awesome. But for that kid to get in that moment, it just puts a big smile on my face for him his senior year. That's what he wants. He wants to be known as that tough guy who works his tail off, and it doesn't matter how hard it's going to get, he's going to grind through it, and that's what he is every single day of his life, and he took advantage of that opportunity, and it was fun to sit back and watch. I'm, I'm, I'm so proud that, of him that he had that opportunity. It was awesome for me to sit back and watch it. Well, you sure had a lot of tough guys in that. I mean, that's yeah. – you talk about being a tough, and that's kind of the M.O. of a lot of teams that you've coached. They're just tough, and you've got to be tough to win a game like that. You do, yeah. I mean, we've been in – 
we've been three of those grinder tough games, and I'm sure there's some more out there. But uh, this last one was there's just so many things that can flip and change a game in the direction of in a positive or a negative way. And you know, we talk all the time that it's it's one of the line of scrimmage. There's toughness in there. You've got to grind through it. But this team, their eyes never phase when it's when it's good, when it's bad, when it's okay, just in the middle. They're, they're, they keep their eyes. They keep their mindset. They just grind through, and they love the game of football. And I think you have a chance to be a tough game, a tough team as long as you love the game. Yeah. If you don't love the game, it's going to get away from you and things don't go your way. And uh, this team, and that's a credit to the kids. They're the ones that get themselves in that moment. And we walked off the practice field today, and they're ready to play again. They're excited. They're just got that look in their eye of, let's go do this thing. Devin Tompkins with a long touchdown catch. He's got four touchdowns, uh, whether it be on offense or special teams on the season this year. You called him lightning in a bottle. He certainly is that and continues to be a big plus for this offense. No doubt. Um, he's, a, he's a difference maker when he's out there. And, you know, again, he's another example of, uh, you know, players make plays, players win yeah. games. And he is uh, uh, unbelievable. Um, taking advantage of, 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 again, his God-given abilities, yes. But he's really working hard with Coach Phillips to continually be a student of the game and continue to grow and develop as a player. And, understanding all those little tiny things that make a difference at the wide receiver position. And I think all those wideouts are, are growing in that way to, you know, put themselves in a spot. But uh, if he gets in speed and space and he gets uh, the ball in his hands and um, he's special when, when he does that, whether it's in the, in the return game or whether it's uh, obviously at the wide receiver position, and we're going to continue to work hard to get the ball in his hands. You know, an interesting note, though, you know, you see defensive backs are getting bigger and stronger and more athletic, but – but I think there will always be a role for that slot guy, the guy that's, you know, 5'10", a buck 80, but is lightning in a bottle. I think there's always a role for that guy on a team. There's no doubt. What, what was the kid's name, that the Super Bowl MVP last year? Um, the little slot guy. I can't remember his name. But anyway, that, there will always be a spot for those guys. Where's the Patriots um, fan over here? <laughs> Who was your MVP last year? Edelman? Is that his name? There you go. Yeah, Is that his name? Yeah, yeah. yeah that guy. Yeah, he's – um, but anyway, the, I agree with you. There's always going to, be, going to be that spot that you can create some mismatches, whether it's through a safety covering at times, maybe a linebacker covering him at times in those zone coverages. And, uh, you know, he's just uh, – he has an unbelievable talent, and he's really improved his ball skills, in my opinion. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of those things that go on in the season, but uh, he has a lot going on, and uh, he's handled all extremely well. And it's just fun to watch him grow on the field and off the field and watch him grow as a father. It's, it's special to see those things. And as coaches, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's awesome that we can help them, but to see them grow is, is very gratifying. Second half, you hold them to a field goal, and that's only based on a short field after the interception, too. Defensively, against the run, against the pass, I know we've talked about a couple individual players, but uh, you know, Justice coming off the edge, uh, Cam Haney continuing to play well. I mean, overall, that was, you know, in my opinion, uh, about as good of a collective defensive performance, especially there in the second half that we've seen in a bit. Well, in your a opinion's the only opinion that matters. Oh, that's not true. <laughs> so. My uh, completely uneducated opinion. <laughs> no, it it, uh, it was a good, it was really was a good effort, and I thought we ran to the ball well, and they're playing, um, they're enjoying playing with each other again. Um, they're playing good team defense. They haven't been selfish in the way they're trying to attack um, their opportunities. They When they come their way, they work hard to, to take advantage of it, and so, uh, you know, Good, good team defenses. They run to the football. They're angry when they tackle. They swarm the ball, um, and they feed on each other's success. And that's they, they're growing in that way. Um, I think that's a good thing to see. And you know they've got a little bit of a nasty edge to them, which uh, you know you need to have on defense if you're going to be successful. And probably a little bit of a lesson that uh, if you're a ball carrier, you got to hold on to that thing through the whistle. Yeah. And not that the guy didn't try, but Woody's just a special talent. He he is. Um, 
he, that's twice he's done it. Yeah. So I, I don't know. There's Should there's no touchdowns. there's no there's no drill for that. There's we don't walk out there and say, okay, here's the deal. We're going to have a drill, and the guy's going to hold the ball, and you're going to rip it out of his stomach, and you're going to go run and score a touchdown. You know, just, <laughs> Ready we, break. We don't we don't have we don't have that drill. Um, but that that was just a crazy play. We are so far away, we couldn't see it. You know, you yeah. stand on the sidelines, it's clear over there, and all of a sudden the fans are going crazy. So that was our first. You know, thought process of hey, something something's good going on for us right now. Don't know what it is, but it looks like something's good. And next thing you know, he's running out of there with the ball. So that was a and, and just a, a gigantic play in the game. Obviously, it put us up by ten points in, in a tight, tight game. And yeah, let's don't discount that kick. You know, the field oh, goal yeah. that was made in that game great was point. a fantastic kick in in tough, tough situation. Was there a snapper holder kicker did a great job? I can't remember the length you had to go for a first down, but was there a conversation there just based on the conditions? No, and to, remembering back in my mind, it was either kick it or punt it. It was okay. one of the two, not really to go forward in that situation, but I can't remember what the down and distance was. But, you know, that's uh, – they all want those – those three kids, they, they work as a unit now, right? Yeah. There's the rest of the kids surrounding and protecting them, but that's a tight-knit unit. Those three kids work all year long, all year long, out there countless hours by themselves when the rest of the team is doing other things. You know, they're snapping, holding, kicking, and so – that uh, execution there was fantastic, and to see that ball go through in those conditions with the wind and the rain and the wet ball and all the stuff that comes with it was uh, just a huge play in that football game. And I thought, too, after the uh, block kick, I thought Pierce punted the ball pretty well, too. He did. He did. You know, yeah, the first one's not uh, it's not on him at all. We've got to protect better, and uh, he, he's walked in there as a – as a true freshman and is punting the ball well and we expect him to continue to keep doing that and uh, he, he was a weapon in that game and hopefully we continue to move down those roads you look at that kick and you know he was pinned inside the five yard line and all of a sudden two or three plays later Woody rips it out and we score a touchdown it's, yeah. it's another huge play in that game that sometimes you forget about and we just made enough of those to win all right we're live here at wingers would love for you to come by in the uh, cash valley mall and hang out with us we'll be here until 7 o'clock. Coming up a little bit later on, you're going to hear from Savon Scarver as well as Gerald Bright. As the coach, Gary Anderson, Coach's Show continues on right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. And also remember to show your Aggie pride at any Winger's location. Use your Aggie Visa card to pay for your meal and receive a free dessert. Plus, you'll be entered to win an Aggie football package, including tickets to the next home game. Stop by any USU or Golden West Credit Union branch to pick up your Aggie Visa card. Congratulations to Abigail Van Wiesup as being selected as this week's winner. USU Credit Union will be reaching out to you to redeem your prize. Go Aggies. This is the Aggie Sports Network. Welcome on back. You're listening to the Gary Anderson Coaches Show. We're live here at Wingers. Hey, just remember, no Coaches Show coming up next week. It's another bye week. Uh, our next show will be October 17th at 6 o'clock here at Wingers. And the Cash Valley Mall will be breaking down uh, Nevada. All right, so, Coach, we look ahead to uh, LSU and heading to Death Valley. And I know you look at a game like this and you got two conference games under your belt. Obviously, uh, you step aside for a second to, to play a non-conference game. Uh, the timing certainly not particularly ideal, but a, a game that is you got to play the games on the schedule, I suppose. No doubt. Um, yeah, you go play the you play the games on the schedule, and you know when you've uh, you've got these games that uh, they they come at a little bit of an awkward time. Um, but you know, I think the kids look at it as an opportunity, like we talked about earlier. And you know, is it is it the ideal spot when you're sitting at two and zero in conference and you're playing in a, a very very tough conference that's going to be. Uh, you know, we'll go right down to the wire, I'm sure, I'm probably on both sides. Um, but you said it right. It is what it is. And 
you lock in on that week and for that moment. And this week, it's the you know LSU Tigers with a tremendous opportunity for these kids. And you know, it's just uh, you just in the middle. It's, I've never done this before. I've never been to a point to where in game five you're walking into a setting. It's it's one thing to play them at the first of the year. Teams are unknown. They don't quite know each other. It's a you know a different deal. When we went to Oklahoma last year, it was Michigan State. Went to Texas Tech. Went to Auburn. Um, all those those places we've gone in the past. And it's been pretty much the first games of the year or the second game, I guess, maybe one or two of them when we had an early home game. But uh, this one's different. Both teams know each other. They identify each other. Things aren't going to change dramatically as far as what it is. So that's a, a little bit of a, uh, a strange spot to be in, I would say. you got a lot of guys that are kind of in that area uh, from Florida, Texas, um, you know, back east. How much do you – are you concern yourself with the heat and the humidity going back there? Because they're in the middle of a – I mean, it may be 50 degrees here, but it's going to be 95 there yeah. at kickoff. Yeah, it's always a concern. Uh, you know, our strength coaches do a tremendous job of putting these kids through a hydration test uh, every single week to make sure they know where they're at. And we they give the results back to them. And, you know, we had probably 10 or 12 kids today that were, you know, really hydrated – or dehydrated, excuse me. And so they better make up that – that uh, hydration as they go through the next 48 hours, or not even that now. And that's just on them too, right? It is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's your responsibility, and that's why we do the test. That's why we make sure we know where they're at and they understand uh, what the situation is. And uh, we, we can't afford cramping. You know, we've, we've got to go over there. and we've They work so hard to get these 12 opportunities, and their team works so hard. Don't sell yourself short. Sell your team short, quite frankly, by cramping. Um, and it, the heat, I don't believe, will be that big of a factor. Yes, are we used to 95 degrees in the last – you know, two or three weeks, no, but three or four weeks ago we were. It was yeah. very, very hot. We were on the turf, and we handled it. We practiced on the turf every day. So is it like it was this week? No. Um, it's going to be different, but I think we'll handle it. It is on grass, which is that's a positive. If it was uh, 95 and on turf, then that's a, another 15 degrees you can pop on top of it. But I think our trainers will do a good job. Um, the kids need to prepare themselves the right way. That is their responsibility to make sure that they hydrate properly. And, uh, you know, we'll take care of them during the game with the coolers and the cold towels and all the stuff that comes with it. So it's not, it's not any type of an excuse. A mature football team prepares itself for those moments, and they've been well aware it's going to be 95 degrees for a long time. Well, and, too, if you're Jordan Love, you probably – prefer these conditions a lot more than you did conditions last week yeah jordan will take this over that any yeah day, i promise you so then the other thing you know it's 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 uh below sea level so we should be uh really fresh and our lungs should be wide open and uh, ready to get that air in our in our and run run fast and run for a long time well yeah that was another point i wanted to ask you too is you know when you practice and you're used to elevation and you go at sea level that's got to be a bit of an advantage for you it is there's no doubt and it, it, it will definitely be an advantage we should be in a good spot if we can get the offense rolling and keep them on the field get them tuckered out um you know there's some they're big physical kids up front on the defensive line and uh you know some special talented athletes which we all know but uh you know, fatigue and uh, reps and continual repetitions. If we can get the offense rolling and keep them out there for a long time, they'll get tired. And our goal is, that's part of our goal, is to, you know, to wear them down and get them in a position where they're uncomfortable. This offense at LSU is something special right now, 57 points a game. Uh, you look at their, you know, their games this year, they've scored points, point totals of 55, 45, 65, 66. Uh, what is it about this offense that just makes it go? You know, three of those games could have been 100. They just decided to be nice. Yeah. So, um it starts with the quarterback, just as all spread offenses do. It's a tremendous, uh, a tremendous player. Um, he's got a good feel. Uh, the RPOs are dangerous weapons. Secondly, he's throwing to some very, very talented, tall guys who have great speed. And you would expect nothing different with LSU's wide receivers. They're, they're big, tall, fast. 
Uh, they can catch the ball well, and you know they uh, they move around uh, with great speed when they do catch the ball. And it's just it's it's been a very good offense for them um, as they've gone through time. Our goal is to make sure we work extremely hard on putting ourselves in position on defense to not just let the quarterback have layups. There's been you know, a whole bunch of layups as he's gone through these first four games for them. And, and we need to try to take those away the best that we can and make sure we're trying to put our best players in the best spot to make some plays. But, again, at the end of the day, every coverage at some point becomes man coverage. And, you know, you have to be able to uh, make plays on contested balls. And that's what they've been great at also is making those plays. And then you also look at their receivers, another set of uh, big, strong receivers it looks like you've got too. It is. Yeah, they, they are. They're exactly who they are. They're uh, – you know, big, strong, fast, quick, and, you know, they compete and, and do a nice job. So they want the ball in their hands, and our guys are ready to compete against them, and hopefully we can mix them up with some different types of coverages, cause some confusion. I believe we're showing much more of a multiple defense than they've seen in the past as far as our plan. Um, our kids seem to handle it well. They've handled it great in practice, and, you know, we'll see, you know, how they handle it out there on game day. But uh, we just can't let them line up and just say, okay, you know, here we are, come and get us. And, and we don't play defense like that anyway, so we'll be able to hopefully – you know, cause some confusion, um, knock them off their routes, reroute them a little bit, and, and, you know, get physical with them. And then the battle within the trenches is going to be huge. I, I'm very interested to see how our kids match up with these guys in the battle of the trenches, uh, our D-line against their offensive line. And I, um, uh, I want to see us get, you know, dirty and physical with these guys and, and really get in it and punch them in the mouth and see how they handle it, and it's going to be a big fight. You know, during your tenure at Utah State, even the first two years where you were working to turn this thing around, you were still very competitive in these games. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of those games, you know, that have gone down to the wire. and it's, Oklahoma, yeah, I want to say. Oklahoma, Texas A&M. Texas A&M, um, that's right. You know, obviously, Auburn was right there. And last year, Michigan State was right there. And, you know, some of those teams have been better than other teams. But you just early in the year, you don't know, right? Yeah. Auburn was their national championship team. I don't know what their record was that year. But, you know, the year when we were there, that – I don't think they didn't win the national championship nope. that next year nope. for sure. So, yeah, I, don't, I, don't yeah. how, I don't know how good they were or not, but it's just, it's like I say, you know who these dudes are. These, yeah. these, these guys are real. And uh, four games in, they've proved that they're real against, uh, you know, Texas, and then they're 1 0 in their league. Um, so they, they played some teams that uh, they're not just playing, you know, those, those, those games that uh, they're completely outmatching their opponents. They've played some teams that are expected to compete with them and beat them, and they have not been able to do that. You know, but there's a certain element, too, where I think this team, can, your team can come in with a little bit of swagger no say, like, look, I don't think LSU's seen an offense like yours. Oh, they will. No, this, this, I promise you, this team, they, they'll walk in there saying they don't think they've seen an offense like ours and they don't think they've seen a defense like ours, and LSU's going to see the same thing, right? I mean, we're going to go in a fight, and we know they're going to fight. So, you know, there's not, this, this is not a team that does a bunch of talking, and I'm interested to see this matchup um, as a coach, and I know our kids are interested and excited to play in this football game, and, you know, we have great respect for LSU from top to bottom there's no doubt about it but you know you want to get into these moments to compete at what everybody in the country says is the best of the best so you get one shot to compete against these guys and we're excited to see how we stack up and it'll be an interesting three hours maybe I'm putting you on the spot here but obviously they've got a ton of talent but defensively is there a scheme that they use that you can compare to uh, any other team that you've faced so far this year? I was looking at it and thought maybe Colorado State to a certain extent maybe might be, as far as scheme goes, what they like to do. Obviously, talent's at a whole other level. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't I – don't, I won't – wouldn't say there's the a, a ton of carryover. You know, they're they base in the odd front. I guess they move to the four down front, and you know, Dave's going to do a nice job of mixing and matching and, and being creative within some of his pressures. But they're they're not as uh, 
pressure-oriented or have as many looks as they used to. I think a lot of that has to do because they have tremendous athletes and they're going to say, you know, go get them. Um, but they will still give you looks that will confuse you. So, you know, we've had some odd front teams that have come in and played with the, the zero nose and the two four eyes, and we've had some teams that played four down. So I would suspect that we'll get a mix of both of those. And maybe our defense may be the most like – uh, defense that they've played because we're we've been a man concept team in the past and these guys are going to line up and play man coverage now we have seen a lot of man coverage San Diego State was man coverage Colorado State played a lot of man coverage you know Stony Brook played a lot of man coverage so as we go through those times um, and and Wake Forest played a fair amount of man coverage also and I think these guys will play probably more man coverage than anybody we've seen yet which we still got to crack that code yeah all right take a break come back you've got questions Coach has got answers. We'll do it next right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Welcome on back. You're listening to the Gary Anderson Coaches Show. We're live here at Wingers. And just a reminder, no Coaches Show next week with a bye week. Next show will be on October 17th at 6 o'clock right here at the Wingers at the Cache Valley Mall. All right, it's time for you. If you're here at Wingers, I would love for you to ask a question. Coach, just raise your hand. Ajay will get the uh, wireless mic to you, and uh, love to hear have your voice be heard. I have had a couple people ask me some questions they wanted to reach out to you. Um, first off, is it or is it not a penalty for an offensive lineman to drag, pull a running back? We know you can push, but can a guy pull, as we saw on that third and 13 conversion by Colorado State? He can only do it if he doesn't get caught. Okay. And he didn't get caught. Nope. <laughs> so, yes, that's a, you can't do that. But letter of the law, that's, <laughs> yeah. a, that's a no-go, yes. right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah I, I knew you could push, but yeah. pole seemed like uh, that that's, was. That's exactly what the rule. You can push, 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 and keep them going, and they those rugby scrums sometimes, right? Keep yeah. Going, but you can't, you can't grab them and pull them. Seemed kind of obvious. Unless you don't I, get never mind. I won't. I don't want to get you in trouble. Um, also, another question is uh, on. You know, there was that uh, that snap near the goal line. Um, was that uh, miscommunication between Jordan and the uh, center, or what, what happened there on the uh, the fumble? Or just Jordan just wet ball got out of his hands? Yeah, I don't. I don't think there was any miscommunication. I think it was just a. Uh, just missed the snap or whatever happened on both sides, and uh, we didn't we didn't execute it right. So yeah. I don't think there was anything glaring to say. Oh, this was miscommunication or whatever it was. It was a mishap, and uh, we need to work on it and keep trying to make it better. All right, I believe we got a question over here. Go ahead, sir. What's your question? Uh, Saturday wasn't a sellout, but I've been to plenty of good weather games that had less people than there were in the fourth quarter in this game. Describe the difference in the fan excitement compared to maybe 10 years ago when you started here <laughs> yeah it's uh it's amazing it really really is uh you know the, the the students are fantastic and they've always got that energy and that juice but there's just the the loyalty for that to take place on that day when everybody's coming into the stadium everybody's been excited to get there and all of a sudden it's basically knocked back an hour i suppose by the time we had the two third the two thirty minute uh stoppages in time and and for Aggie Nation to be there in that setting, in that situation. It, it's, it seems like to me that those six opportunities that you get every single year, and that's all you're going to get, is starting to become an event. And 
that's the way you want it to be in a, in a big-time football program. You want those stadiums and those six opportunities that you get to be special and to be an event that families are looking and fired up to go get there and people are fighting to be able to have those tickets to be able to get in there and be part of it and make it a, make it a family affair, make it an Aggie Nation affair just for those few hours that you get to do that. And I think that's one of the biggest things that, as it seems to be growing and developing is, you know, we want to make it a great experience as a university and do everything we can to help the fans before the game. Great tailgating experience, have activities for everybody that's out there, whatever that may be to make that awesome. And then obviously when you walk in and the, the, the energy and the juice and the excitement the kids build from that. But uh, our goal, and, and quite frankly, personally, my goal is to make that be just a, just a special event where people are fighting to get into that place every single year for those six guaranteed times that we're in that stadium. And, um, you know, you want to play well, you want to win every game. All, a lot of that has to do with it. But, you know, quite frankly, in my opinion, as you grow a program, it's an important part to win and the loss, but the fans need to know how important they are to that environment. And you're not going to go undefeated for eight years in a row, but it'd sure be nice to fill that place up every single game just to make it a special event. And we've really grown in, in the last 10 years doing that. And the energy, <clears throat> excuse me, excitement, the belief, the factor, it's, it's a difference maker um, for the kids, and it's a difference maker for the opponent. It, it truly is. It's a huge home field advantage. And you can really feel the juice There's on the no sideline doubt. when no it's doubt. coming from the crowd. Yeah, you absolutely can. And it's, it's an intimidating place to play for an opposing team, and it is a great place for our kids to be and to be part of. I tell the defense every single week, is, hey, now listen, you need to have hand signals because when you get into a big-time third-down play or you get backed up in either one of those end zones, I don't care if you're the press, if you're to the, the facility side or you're over on the north side, it's going to be loud. Um, and you need to be prepared as a defense to handle those third-down situations, those big plays in the red zone because you're not going to be able to hear. Yeah. And that's awesome to be able to help those kids understand that because it, it breathes that juice and that energy and that excitement, and it just needs to be an event. It needs to be, I'm going to that game, and I've got my tickets for those six opportunities. If I can't make it, somebody's going to beg me for these tickets. On the flip side, talking about noise, you go into uh, LSU, and obviously you know it seats 100,000, one of the best venues in all of college football. Your offense, there's a lot of silent stuff that goes I'll already take our, I'll take our venue over that venue. Bam, I'm with you. Okay. No well, doubt about I, it. I've been there once. It's awesome. It's cool, but <laughs> I'll take our venue. With that said, how much does that affect your offense communication? Oh, it'll be, it'll be a factor. Um, and, you know, we prepare for it, and it's not uh, – yeah, these, these, these kids are used to preparing for that in those situations and those settings. We don't get into a lot of those scenarios um, in the conference, um, but even San Diego State was pretty loud at times yeah. when we were there. Uh, Wake Forest was loud when we were there, so we've been in loud situations. Uh, this will be different. It's a different kind of loud, but you know, loud is loud. If you're going on a silent count, you're going on a silent count. The challenges really pose themselves with the silent count is not allowing those defensive players to get so in tune with your silent count that those defensive linemen are jumping the snap. That's yeah. That's where it goes to the center as far as he needs to mix up how he's snapping the ball um, so those, you know, those big defensive linemen out there on the edges don't get a jump on the offensive tackles. You've got a couple of kids playing for East on that team. What do we got to do to keep, you know, <laughs> can't let that happen. Yeah, there is a couple of them on that defensive line. So uh, good players, and, uh, you know, they decided to go over there. Yeah, the secret's and, out on the state and, of Utah, and, isn't and it? Go play. Yeah, you're not, you're not going to hide, especially with, you know, Billy Bush, he's not going to let those guys hide out there. He's going to come through Utah every single year, no matter where he's recruiting, and he's recruiting obviously now at LSU. And so, if uh, if those guys are there, and I believe there's another young man in the state that uh, 
um, has a an offer yeah. to LSU also. There's at least one that I know of for sure. So, you know, they're going to come in here and they know where there's good football players and they'll try to go get them. And they have a tremendous, you know, obviously a, a tremendous thing to, to show them and sell them. And, um, you know, again, it's, it, it's, it's not me, but uh, if they decide to go there, then away they go. Pat them on the back, <laughs> wish them well. Got one more question. Go ahead. I didn't see what happened to Jalen. Warren. So, do you have an update of any kind on him? Uh, Jalen's going to make the trip, and you know we'll uh, we'll see as as he rolls. So we expect him to. He's got a lot of football left in him. So we'll uh, see where it all rolls. Let's see. I don't. I can't ask the injury question, so I'm glad you did. No. I'm yeah. just <laughs> well, I was pretty vague anyway. Yeah, I know. So. I know. <laughs> um, with that, uh, also, you know, you mentioned this a little bit. Half of their, uh, even I think, majority of their coaching staff. Part of the Gary Anderson coaching tree. Yeah. I mean, uh, yep. Dave Aranda, uh, yep. Bill Bush. Yep. Corey. Corey, that's yep. the other one. Yep, yep. yep. And then, uh, you know, those those guys have done a great job. Um, happy for them. Happy for their families. And they're they're in a great spot. And they've you had a lot of success in coaching. And you don't get where they are in the setting that they're in and uh, without being successful. And Michael Caputo was there a year ago, who mm-hmm. now coaches our safeties. He was at LSU a year ago. So, you know, those are all really good people, um, really good coaches, and, you know, stand for what, you know, we believe in, what we stand for as a staff. And uh, it's it's fun to have them see the success that, that, that they've had. And, you know, we'll be able to see them. Those guys, you know, I'm a guy that I don't mind – I don't mind talking to people the week before a game. It's not like I, you know, and I, so I keep sending them texts and pushing send and this and that. And I think they're worried that Ogeron might see a text message from them and scold them or something. It's like, come on, guys. It's, I mean, it's football. We can have, some, have fun. some fun. With put, this. put a smile on your face. Especially Aranda. He's the worst. It's like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, he can't. Yeah, it just whatever. It's funny. It, it cracks me up. <laughs> when did you uh, when did you really think Dave Aranda was going to end up being a really special coordinator? Obviously, you brought him from Hawaii to be the DC here, but uh, when did you really see like, oh, this guy's really got some chops to him? Yeah, the first thing Aranda needs to do is he needs to give back to Utah State. No doubt, right? Yeah, I mean, that's what he should do. I'm gonna tell him that when I see him too. I think he should open up that uh, two million dollar salary he gets for being a coordinator and. Dump some money back to Utah State because we think, gave we gave him a job when he didn't have a job. I, right, I, I that's think the bottom line. I think there's a finder's fee of at least fifteen percent. Uh, absolutely, yeah. I have no problem with yeah. that. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll address that and see. We I'll take one of those uh, slips that we can write it up. I'll fill it out for him and see if we'll sign it. So yeah, get, no get some money out of it. But anyway, Dave, Dave did a great job. He did a great job while he was here, and you know. Um, he was in Hawaii, obviously, and you know, I've been asked the question a million times. That was the game that kind of flipped the whole thing upside down in the great run, and we came back and won the game. And um, the, He was the coordinator, and he was a four-down quarters guy and all the stuff that comes with it. But when we came here, um, I wanted to hire a, a guy that I thought would be a great coordinator and believed in what I believed in, and I knew him through camps and different things. And um, we wanted to change the defense. We had Kyler and Vigils and all those boys at that point to play Bojay, to play the outside linebacker positions, and we didn't have a bunch of defensive linemen. So we kind of flipped the script and went to the odd front, and we built that. And, um, you know, Derek Odom, another guy who was a coach here a long time ago, well, he came in. We all kind of brainstormed and put the defense together in a simple, basic way, and then Dave ran with it. And it was probably our first year at Wisconsin when he really got into saying this is the odd front, this is what we're doing, and he just studied, and it just grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. And and Dave's not a guy, if he was sitting right here, he wouldn't sit here and say, well, you know, I invented that defense. You know, no, it was studying other people, finding how it fit for us, 
studying the NFL, studying the college people that were doing that. And uh, he did a tremendous job. He teaches in his own way. Um, he believes in, in what he does and how he goes about it. And he's had tremendous success. And, you know, he deserves everything he's had. But I would say, you know, our first year at Wisconsin, I felt pretty good that he was going to be special. Um, and he's done nothing but obviously grow from that situation. And, you know, I, I hope he gets an opportunity to be head coach. And I know that's something I, I, I believe that's something he wants to do. He's told me if it's the right spot, he'd like to do that someday. And hopefully he gets that opportunity. Awesome. Well, Coach, appreciate it. Thanks for stopping by. And, Thank you. Uh, look forward to chatting with you on Saturday. Appreciate it, guys. Go Aggies. There you go. Gary Anderson coming up next. Gerald Wright, Savon Scarver on the uh, USU Coaches Show with Gary Anderson on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Welcome on back. You're listening to the Gary Anderson Coaches Show. We're live here at Wingers. Final segment of the show. This is a chance where you get to catch up with the uh, – student athletes and two guys who had one heck of a performance uh, last Saturday against Colorado State, Savon Scarver, who, again, NCAA rules don't allow you to add on the yardage uh, from the end zone. So technically a 100-yard kickoff return. But Savon, that was 108, maybe 109. And I'm not going to lie, I'm calling the game upstairs, and I'm, you know, I'm setting it up, and I'm, I see him finally kick it deep to you. I'm like, bam, we're going to have a kickoff return. And then I see you drop back eight yards back. I'm like, oh, crap. And I say this on the radio. I'm like, well, this one he won't be able to take back. And then you get that full head of steam like, oh, he's taking it back. And then he's gone. <laughs> Talk us through that play and how, how great that was. Uh, honestly, I just like. There was no doubt you week. were bringing it out the whole oh, time. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. All week we've just been working on that, you know, because we really don't get a lot of chances back there. So uh, once we got that one chance, I told everybody that, Hey, it's time to take it. We we haven't broke one for a while. So, you know, everybody was on board with it, and everybody just did their job. You know, it takes 11 guys to get in the end zone. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, you got some crazy blocks along the way, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, my favorite block was actually uh, my uh, teammate Laval. He got a uh, – he's like the center in, in the back with me, and uh, he actually – like pancake the dude and ran him all the way out of bounds. And that dude was like flat. four yards out of bounds. Man. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, that was a, that was a pretty crazy block. But yeah, everybody just did their job. And then uh, then a guy's got an angle on you a little bit. Looks like he might get you around the twenty. <laughs> Easy sidestep and walk in, and, and that's another great block oh, you got yeah, too. But Jerry Green, you know, it just it just shows that everybody wanted. You know, I appreciate them guys. You know, a lot of people have talked about uh, you as a kick returner, an elite level kick returner. Um, but wanted to know about the development as a wide receiver. And, boy, it seems like you've really developed nicely coming into this year. Yeah, I mean, really, like, in the summer, I was really trying to focus on becoming a better receiver, you yeah. know, because I don't want people to just look at me and be like, oh, he's just a kick returner, you know. I want to be known as both and show that I have a versatile game, you know. So uh, I got a good coach, you know, Jason Phillips, you know. He's been working with me every day, you know, making me work on the small things, you know, and you know, just get me better. Gerald Bright, you still a little sore from uh, those 36 carries? Yeah, I'm a little sore. Yeah, I'm a little sore, but, you know, you know, you got to be a grown man and, you know, you got to take the pain, you feel me? I, you know what? I will never feel the pain that you felt that on Saturday, and I'm, I'm kind of glad about that. Uh, but, you look, Jalen Warren goes down. You knew probably at that point, like, I, I got to be the bell cow now. I got to be the one to take it. And was that something you were excited about that you embraced? Yeah, I, I like opportunities like that. And uh, since I've been here, I ain't never had an opportunity for my team to, like, fully depend on me. So that was a position I actually prayed for, you know. And being a leader, it shows the younger guys that, hey, you got to keep pushing, be a little war daddy, you feel me? 
<laughs> when you uh, when you're carrying the ball the way that you were though, and 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 you getting it time after time after time, did you feel that defense start to wear down a little bit? Because that Colorado State defense was bringing it a little bit early, and then you started to get some big carries as the game went on. I mean, they was they was physical the whole game. That was that was a real physical team. So. I mean, every play they 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 was doing what they had to do, so I ain't feel like they really let up. You feel me? So. Yeah. When you uh, when you know that you're going to be the guy, and look, the the passing game was being a little limited because of the rain. Is that something you're like, you know what? Yeah, put it on my shoulders. Let's go. I love it. I, I want it. I want the ball. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a playmaker, so I, I want the ball as much as I can get it. You feel me? Was it was it a little easier in the rain? I mean, knowing that. Uh, I mean. You know, knowing that you're going to be the guy, and uh, and everybody else is slipping around there, does that does that help you a little bit as a running back, or did it hurt you trying to run out there? Uh, neither. Neither. You know, it's just you just got to keep the goal, the main thing, the main thing, the dub. We got to get the win in the conference play. So, Savon, um, to your point, how tough is it as a receiver playing in a game like that with the weather conditions the way they were? Well, I feel like the elements really don't affect anything because, you know, you can still go out there and make a play even though it's raining, you know. Yeah. And that's what, you know, our guys was doing, you know, just execute, you feel me. So you're going into – you're going from about, what was it, like 40 degrees in rain to about 95 degrees with about 90% humidity at LSU. You guys probably prefer playing in that than, than what you played out on Saturday, right? Yeah, definitely. I love it. I love the heat. Me too. Me too. Because <laughs> because some of us guys who grew up here in Utah, man, we're not we're not we're not accustomed to that kind of heat. Right. But you're from Vegas, right? Yes, sir. And you're from back there too, so so you know exactly what you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're gonna see us. You're gonna see us move a little faster in the, in the heat. When, that, that heat warm the muscles up in your body. Yeah. So you can run faster. Yeah. So, uh, Gerald, let's talk a little bit about uh, about playing in front of. Uh, you mentioned after the game, this is gonna be the only the second time your mom's seen you play. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How how much fun is that gonna be for you? It's gonna be super fun. The whole fan coming out. I got the whole I got a whole section for me. So oh, yeah. So we're gonna have some uh, some Aggies in the house. Oh uh, yeah. I like it. I like it. So uh, how many? So you've been hit up for some ticket requests, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. How difficult has that been trying to make sure everybody gets taken care of? It ain't, it ain't hard. You just got to stay on the player's head and make sure they send it to you. <laughs> Savon, how about you? Uh, heat, obviously, not a condition or not a situation, not a problem for you at all. Uh, but playing in this kind of venue, is that excited to play in front of 100,000 people? Oh, definitely. You know, just a, a, it's a good stage to show people what you could do, you know, Sh showcase your talent. And I'm glad this is a big game for us to do that, you know. You know, everybody keeps talking about, like, you know, what's Utah State going to do to handle this? What are they going to do to handle this? I, you know, I, I, I've been on a couple of radio shows back there, and they've asked me about that. I'm like, well, you know what? I don't think LSU's seen an offense like Utah State brings to the table this year. And, and, uh, and, and I think that's the same kind of swagger you guys have going into this game, Gerald. We're like, I don't think they've seen a dynamic offense to the, to the point that Utah State's going to bring into this game. Yeah, how I look at it, man, it's football, you feel me? What you did last week really don't matter because it's what you do on game day to get that done that day. So anything can happen. It's football. So. Exactly. Savon, you, you're buying that too, huh? Oh, yeah, definitely. Football, I mean, it's the same dimensions everywhere. Yep. You know? they, it's me, a mano y mano. Mm -hmm. you know? Our best against their best. They're going to kick it to you, right? Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. All right, so let's talk about offense. What do you guys need to do to go in there and play well on Sunday, on Saturday? At the receiver uh, position, we need to 
just stay locked in, you know, catch balls, make big plays, you know. We we want to make big plays. So that's that's going to be a real big key of the game. What you think, running back, G? We got to control the pace, explosives, and, and um, protect that ball. Do you guys like playing at this pace? Oh, yeah, I like I like it. I love it. Yeah, I've been playing fast since high school. So Yeah, me too. Yeah, we've been playing fast pace. Fast. It's funny because a couple of weeks ago, CLC was here, and he's like, Yo, the first practice here, I thought I was like in a track meet. <laughs> it's different for people who ain't really been in the yeah. offense like that, you know. We was the fastest offense last year, you know. It's, it's, it's different for people to transition, you know. So, but we used to it. We used to play like that, you know. You know, in a normal game, you know, when, you know, you mentioned the conditions kind of slow things down a little bit. But in a game where you really have the tempo going at a high level, have you noticed teams start to – defenses start to struggle in that second half? And in fourth quarters, when you play that pace, yeah, you can see it big time. Like after play five or six, and we still got the drive going, you can see some of them D linemen. They they looking left to right. They don't know what to do. Yeah, they be feeling a little exhausted, and that's when we catch them. Keep going five. Well, and you know, and if you guys stay, and if you guys aren't uh, substituting, they can't bring guys off. Right, exactly. and, and you're you know, and I, I've seen it from the broadcast booth watching watching defenses out there trying to call timeout or maybe all of a sudden coming up with an ankle injury. Yeah, that's the, that's the worst right there. <laughs> when, they, when they fake an injury on the field and you try and get lined up and you see the ref holding, holding staying in front of a center, I'm like, dang, man. <laughs> and that's not the game, man. Well, guys, hey, appreciate it. It was fun chatting with you. Good luck coming up on Saturday. And let's talk afterwards about a W, all right? Appreciate it. Appreciate yes, it. All right. Savon Scarver, Gerald Bright. Appreciate you. Remember, game coming up. It's an early one. We'll have a 9 a.m. pregame, 10 a.m. kickoff here local time as Utah State takes on LSU. Big thanks, everyone, who joined us. Big thanks, everyone, here at Wingers for stopping by. That's your Gary Anderson Coaches Show on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College.